Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the book of Mark as we delve into chapter 3, verses 20 through 27. At this point in Jesus' Galilean ministry, he returns home, and from all earthly perspectives, he is in trouble. He has enraged the hypocritical religious leaders of his time, and they're looking to kill him. The crowds are as great as they have ever been, which just irritates them even more. They accuse him of doing miracles by the power of Satan. And Jesus' own earthly family recognize how much trouble he's in, and they come to try to get through the crowds and gather him away to safety and put a stop to this nonsense. But it wasn't nonsense. Jesus really did speak with the authority of God, because he really was God. And Jesus wasn't in trouble. As the Son of God, he was in control of everything, even using the wicked intentions of those who set themselves against him as his enemies, and things were progressing exactly as he designed them to. We may forget that this is exactly the same situation today. As we watch the world around us succumb to darkness and hate us more and more, Jesus is still in control and has things exactly where he wants them. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, What Do You Think of Jesus? This one, it's a legitimate question. They're starting to say, is this man the Messiah? Son of David is one of many biblical titles for the Messiah, the one who would one day reign from the throne of David. Now, if you go back and look at Matthew's record of this miracle, in its context, you'll see that he has just made the point that Jesus is acting exactly like the Messiah is supposed to act. Earlier in Matthew 12, he quotes from Isaiah chapter 42, and he's saying that Jesus is demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit in the miracles. We know... We know that leading up to this, that Jesus has taught as one having authority, a big contrast to the scribes who always quoted each other. We saw that comment at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We've seen that He came gently and He, and he reaches out to hurting souls. He invites people to come to Him and find rest for their souls as opposed to the heavy burden of all the, the do's and don'ts of the legalism of the Pharisaical system. We've seen him shun the efforts to grab him and make him into a political leader of a revolt. Instead, he's majoring on the needs of human hearts. And so the ones who were starting to ask the question, can this be the son of David? Could this be the Messiah? They're the ones who were actually showing signs of beginning to understand. Now let's go over to Mark. And we're going to see how Mark picks up from that point. This miracle's already been done. This question is now being murmured among the crowds of the crowds of people. And you're going to see that Jesus' life and ministry and words demand a reaction. And you're going to see four reactions to what's going on here. 
In verse 20, number one, the crowds are going to say, amazing. In verse 21, his family is going to say, he's lost his senses. In verse 22, the scribes are going to come and say, he's satanic. And then you're going to get Jesus' own words where he explains that he is the victor over Satan. So let's start with the reaction of the crowds. It's pretty straightforward. Keep in mind, just before this was the healing of a demon-possessed, blind, and mute man. Now he is normal. He's in his right mind. The man who was mute five minutes ago is talking now. The blind man is now seeing. Verse 20. It says, And he came home, the he being Jesus, and the crowd gathered again to such an extent that they could not even eat a, me- a meal. Came home is uh, literally, he, he came into a house. Most likely, that was the house of Peter and Andrew and their families, the large house in Capernaum. We've talked about that before. You can go back and hear about that if you want to. Very interesting place that um, still the ruins uh, are very identifiable even today. Well, as soon as he got back, there, the place instantly became so crowded, there's no hope of privacy, couldn't even eat a meal. And since it wasn't time to go feed four or 5,000 people, plus women and children, uh, men plus women and children with miraculous food, well, Jesus has to deal with this uh, situation. But this illustrates the most common reaction to Jesus is that He was truly amazing. What he'd done in this meal, they were just so astounded. They, they were just irresistibly drawn to come to him. Now, it was normal in Israel. Rabbis would act as mentors. A rabbi would have his disciples, his students, who would, who would follow him around, and he would teach them. But no one had ever seen a man who didn't just have his three or four or five or ten students, but one that the... The crowds of the crowds kept thronging to him. The reactions to Jesus, first of all, the crowds, amazing. Then his family, in verse 21. News of the situation in and around Capernaum traveled fast. Now, you might need to think a little bit about the geography, possibly even check out a map. The the region of Galilee is the northern region of Israel. To the south of that, you have Samaria. The eastern border is the uh, uh, the eastern edge of that is the Jordan River, and to the east of that is the Transjordan or Perea. Uh, and then to the south, south of Samaria is Judea. This is the north part, and on the east side of the north part, you have the the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum is up on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. And it's about 30 miles from Capernaum, the headquarters where Jesus spent most of his time during that year and a half. It's about 30 miles from there up a winding road into the hill country to the town of Nazareth, where Joseph and Mary were from, where Jesus had grown up. Now his mother came along with Jesus' brothers, or technically his half-brothers. They made about that 30-mile journey from Nazareth to Capernaum, verse 21 in Mark 3. When his own people heard of it, the, his own people is an idiomatic phrase for his family, his, his closest family, meaning his, his immediate family, closest relatives. If there's any doubt, 
next week when we get down to verse 31, uh, you'll see that it specifies it was his mother and his brothers who arrived who wanted to talk to him. But look what it says. When his own people heard of this, they went out to take custody of him, for they were saying, he has lost his senses. Now, the word take custody shows up about 15 times in, in Mark. Eight times it refers, it refers to Jesus being seized or someone trying to seize him, including his arrest. It's also used of the arrest of John the Baptist. Jesus' brothers came with the intention to grab him and get him away, get him out of that situation. They probably feared that he was in danger, and out of a sense of loyalty, they wanted to protect him. That makes a lot of sense. Now understand, though, it says, when his own people heard of this, heard of this, well, why hadn't they seen it? Well, they'd lived with Jesus for 30 years, and how many miracles did he do during those 30 years? None. You can read books about miracles that Jesus did when he was a little boy, and they're bunk. His first miracle is recorded in John chapter 2. It was at a wedding in the little town of Cana, not far from Nazareth, and that's when he turned the water into wine. He had been back to Nazareth once, and when he came there, he rebuked all of his former neighbors for their unbelief. And it says he didn't do miracles, or at least not many miracles there, because of their unbelief. So they hadn't been seeing all the stuff that's going on, but they, they heard about it. They had grown up with this guy. They had observed him uh, every day. He was their older half-brother. And they'd grown up with an older brother who was perfect. That could make for some strain. Um, Everything he did was perfect, so that validated his identity, but it must have frustrated the younger brothers and sisters who could never match up to that impeccable standard. I mean, surely Joseph and Mary blew it sometime, and Jesus was right every time that something like that would happen. So you can imagine some resentment and some alienation. They must have thought of him as very odd, indeed. Um, well, Jesus didn't perform many miracles or any miracles until his, publicly, his public ministry started. And th- there's that one glimmer when he was 12 years old. Remember, his parents took him with them to uh, Passover down in Jerusalem and then the, the caravan left, and they're on their way home, and they discover Jesus isn't with the caravan. They turn around, they go back, and they find him in the temple. And he was astounding the, the scholars and talked about being about his father's obedience. But still, we don't even know if his brothers and sisters saw that. We don't know if they were with him, with them when they were there. But we do know that they did not believe him to be the Messiah yet. Now, we know who these people were. Uh, The names of Jesus' half-brothers are listed, and we're going to see them in Mark chapter 6, verse 3. There was James, there was Joseph, there was Judas, also called Jude later in the New Testament, and Simon. Um, That verse also indicates that he had sisters. So it names four brothers, 
and says, and sisters. So there has to be at least two sisters. That means that there had to be at least six natural children of Joseph and Mary who grew up in the family younger. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.